seek him here, they seek him there. Those Frenchies seek him everywhere. Is he in heaven? Is he in hell? That damned elusive Pimpernel. The Adventures of the Scarlet Pimpernel, starring Marius Goring as Sir Percy Brakeney. my ship, the Daydream, I studied the coast of France in the early dawn. Little flecks of light winked briefly in the grey mists. Tony Dewhurst, his eye to the glass, gave an exclamation of annoyance. Not a spot anywhere. What? There's no place to land. The entire shore is posted with lookouts. A better word would be sentries. Each of those campfire marks a patrol point. A few weeks ago, we could have landed freely. This English gentleman off for a lark in Paris. Now that Chauvelin knows that you're the Scarlet Pimpernel, oh. the coastline's alive with soldiers. And a naval patroller. Look astern, the starboard. A French Corsair breaking out full sail. She's seen us. Well, we're out of range of our guns, though. We can outrun her. Out of that, Kent. French Corsair off starboard. Aye, aye, sir. What port do you want to make? Folkestone. Oh, it's mighty flattering, Blakeney. What? Well, for the French to set out such forces against us. Well, it's you and the League of the Scarlet Pimpernel. If we were the object, uh, yes, it would be flattering. But we are not. Now, what do you mean? Suppose we were to fortify the English coast in such a manner, with a concentration of warships in the channel. We'd never do such a thing. Oh, unless... Uh, go ahead. Unless what? Unless we were expecting war. Is that what they're up to? Well, that's one of the reasons I'm so anxious to get into France. To find out. Then we've got to find a way to run that blockade. Yes, and I think we've just found one. Thanks to that French Corsair. I don't see how you figured that and she's chasing us away from her. I know, I know, but I'm just thinking. Suppose this was a French ship, one of the smugglers that are constantly running wines and perfumes from the Havre to England. And suppose she was being driven away from the English coast by an English warship. Oh, I see what you mean. <laughs> that our French yes. friends aboard that Corsair will be running out to give us protective escort. And the soldiers on the beach will be cheering our escape from the British. Ah, well, there's only one thing wrong with it, Blakeney. The daydream isn't a French ship. No, but... Uh... Bit of paint, a new name on the bow could fix that. And where do we get a British warship to help us out in this little game? Oh, the Admiralty couldn't give official approval, you know. I wasn't thinking of the Admiralty, Tony. Remember that little naval fellow we met at the club a few nights ago? Oh, Captain Nelson? Yes. He's been making trial runs with his new command. If we could persuade him to make one tomorrow morning, and the French got the impression he was chasing us... Oh, do you think Nelson would do it? Tony, beneath his very unorthodox exterior... I think Captain Nelson has an amazing sense of humor, especially if the joke happens to be on the French. We found Captain Nelson at Folkestone and explained our plan. He gave an odd sort of cough and assured us that his cooperation would be impossible. But something in his eyes made us smile. By morning, the daydream seemed like a different ship. As manned by members of the League, we sailed with the name Bleu Matin on our bow. We were less than three miles from port when Kent gave a jubilant shout from his post. British warship astern. She's signaling for us to stand by. Well, you were right about that look in the captain's eyes, Blakeney. Well, let's hope I'm right about the reaction of the French. Better give Fuchs and Harding an order to trim sail a bit. Why? Well, to let that ship close on us a little. I want it in plain sight when we are seen by the French. Otherwise, they might get suspicious and board us. Yeah, we still have the soldiers on the beach to pass. Oh, there's a simple solution to that. 
Once we get ashore, we will curse the English dogs for ruining our cargo. <laughs> our wine casks will be smashed from shifting because of the chase, and the flagons of perfume. Oh, la la. We'll have no choice but to dispose of the stuff very cheaply. I think that should allay their suspicions. Well, it might, if we had any wine and perfume. Oh, my dear fellow, we have a hold full of it. It was carried aboard last night while you were asleep. But oh, wherever did you get it? Where would I get it? I bought it from a French smuggler. <laughs> That's trafficking with the enemy, you know. Well, we're making them think we are friends. It was daylight when we caught the first faint glimpse of the French shoreline. And only seconds later when a French warship came out of the mist. She saw us simultaneously. For a moment, I feared that our own warship would not be in view. But Captain Nelson had a solution for that problem. Blakeney, we're under fire from our own ship. Yes, it would seem so, wouldn't it? Well, what the devil are they doing? Well, what the French expect them to be doing? Firing at us. They'd fired any smuggler ignoring standby signals. Well, they needn't do it so well, need they? That last salvo fell less than 50 yards to port. Well, the next may be even closer. I... They're actually trying to hit us. For a moment, I feared he was right. But he wasn't. Nelson had joined the game with deadly precision. Even as the last salvo fell, his ship turned and headed away from us as though running at the sight of the French gunboat. The latter bore down on us under full sail, and as she passed alongside, we were hailed. Have you been hit, comrades? No, thanks to you. They turned to Anne as soon as they saw you. We will drive them from our waters or give them a taste of our guns. We wish you good fortune. By good fortune, I mean I hope you stay out of range. If you ask me, Blakeney... That'd be more liable to be Nelson's good fortune. That French ship has three guns to his two. I'll wager it hasn't got gunners like his, though. Those salvos he threw at us couldn't have been closer. And he knew exactly where they were going to go. Oh, you may be right. Coming that close must be either very good gunnery or very bad. In any case, good enough to get us through to Boulogne. There's the harbor. Make for the dock at the point, Kent. Aye, aye, sir. All of you know what to do. From now on, not a word in English. Not even to each other. The action had been clearly visible from the dock, and soldiers and seamen crowded in on us. In a matter of moments, we were selling wine from the damaged casks for less than nothing. My men, shouting and gesticulating, were cursing the English and telling how close the cannonballs had come. They were all convinced, all but one man. He was a huge brute with muscular arms and eyes as grey as steel. So, you've had a close brush with death, eh, comrade captain? Oui, oh, those English devils. <laughs> they have never bothered us before. It is just my luck that my ship is picked when they start to enforce their ban on smuggling. Yes, such bad luck is almost unbelievable, huh? Well, my bad fortune may be your good fortune. Parisian perfumes for your woman for a few francs, and wine to warm your stomach for a soup. Get a cup. If you will not buy at such a price, I might as well give it away. Uh, you are too generous, citizen, but not generous enough, perhaps. Perhaps you would even me for drinking your wine. You speak in riddles, citizen. No, comrade. I have made money on this very same wine once before. Even as he spoke, he leaned out from the dock and pressed his thumb heavily against the gunwale of the ship. It was a casual but deliberate gesture, and the imprint of the thumb showed in the paint which had not fully dried. His eyes were narrowed to sharp points. How did you obtain your wine, citizen captain? I do not think that is your concern. Do you always mark your casks with a yellow cross as those are marked? If you do, it is a strange coincidence. What manner of coincidence? I frequently load casks here. I mark each one with such a mark, so there is no dispute about the work I'm to be paid for. 
I do not recall doing any loading for you, citizen captain. What do you imply, comrade? That my wine is stolen? What I imply about your wine depends on what price you are prepared to pay me for sampling it. I see. Perhaps you will be satisfied with... Fist! I hit him as hard as I could, but he didn't go down. The blow stunned him. Oh, long enough for me to get my hands on his throat and throttle the words he was preparing to shout. I backed him to the edge of the dock, feeding his blows, smashing into my ribs. Then I let him go. Struck him again. Full in the face, and he tumbled into the water. What is it, Ron Capitan? What happened? What is it, Blakeney? Got to get away fast. Huh? The idiot. He said that my wine is sour, and that is why I sell it so cheaply. Do you find it sour, comrade? Oh, no, no. Perhaps he will find the seawater more to his liking. <laughs> Let him flounder there. <laughs> Help yourselves to what is left and leave whatever payment you wish in my cap. I no longer care if I am ruined. My men and I must find an inn to sleep. Come, comrade. Pick up your pace, but don't run. Not until we can make a turn out of sight. That brute I hit will get out of clamor as soon as he gets his throat clear or they pull him out. Now, what put him onto us? The loading mark he uses on the casks. And he noticed the paint on the ship hadn't dried. Of course, he may think the ship and the cargo are merely stolen, but if they scrape down to the original name or check the beam marking in the cabin, they'll know she's English. And if they do that, it won't take them long to guess who was sailing. No, it won't. Kent? Yes? Boulogne has been your area. Where's the nearest post house? Well, the nearest place to get horses is the army post. Uh, next turn to the left. Well, we'll have to find somewhere to... There it is. Too late to be choosing now. Run for it. Let's hope most of the soldiers are down with those wine casks we left. Maybe a few of us should stay back and cover for the rest, Blake. No, we'll all go on together. No telling how many guards will be with the horses. Here's the street we want. That soldier's coming out of the guardhouse. They've heard those shots. They're confused, though. Yell for help. Then when we reach them, pick a man and hit hard. Help, citizen soldiers, help! 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 help. What is the commotion? The ship! Down by the harbor, citizen! Yes, yes. What about the ship? A fight has started. But for what reason? How? Like this! Hurry! Help, hurry! There! All right! I'm clear, Blakey! Good man, Kent! Untie those horses, will you? We'll scare the ones we can't use! Let me give you a hand with one of those chaps, folks! Run, comrade! Get reinforcements! There they go, Blakey! Yes, but they'll be back in a moment with that mob from the docks! Get mounted, everybody! This tube's the best of the lot, Blakey! Right, everybody's up! Then ride! Cut across country to our up! Scatter in twos when we pass the edge of the town! Up for it! Yeah. Well, Blakeney, we're into France, all right. Yes, but without that ship back there, how do we get out again? by night and remained hidden during the day. The countryside on the way to Paris swarmed with troops. Every forge and blacksmith shop was under military requisition and cattle and enormous stores of supplies were being moved. I must have counted three score wagons today, Blakeney, all loaded with rifles. Army conscription posters are up in all the towns. Kent and I slipped into Beauvais this afternoon. <laughs> Did you? Yes. Why do you laugh? I thought you were sleeping in that barn loft, so... Fuchs and I slipped into Bernard. 
the innkeeper's little boy was rather talkative. Apparently, a member of the general staff was staying there. What rank? Major general, I believe. Why? An officer of that rank should be receiving couriers from Paris headquarters with regularity. Yes. And a major general would have access to any information in the Ministry of War. Now, if we could take it. If I could get his uniform and credentials and make myself up to look like him. He's heavily guarded, Blake. Not so heavily that couriers cannot reach him. If an urgent message could be delivered, ordering his immediate return to Paris, we could ambush his carriage and you could replace him. Exactly. I don't the road. That boy. came just before dawn. We sprang upon him from an overhanging tree and he fell without a sound. In a matter of minutes, I was changing into his clothes while Tony went through the pouch he carried. I say, Blakely, here's a stroke of luck. What is it? It's a dispatch addressed to Major General Valois. It orders his return to Paris at once. Good. Saves us the trouble of forging an order. Dispatch give any reason for the recall? Yes. To... Good heavens. What? To report to Citizen Chauvelin <laughs> for orders to organize a search for the Scarlet Pimpernel. <laughs> With the assistance of a dock worker named Laval, who identified the Pimpernel ship at Boulogne. Well, our friend from the dock recovered from his soaking after all. Uh, do you think he may recognize you? In time, perhaps, Tony. Let's hope it's not too soon. Well, I'm ready. I'd better take the courier's horse. Uh, give my best regards to Comrade Citizen Major General Valois. Oh, oui, Citizen. I am certain the General will be most impressed. So the Pimpernel is creating difficulty again, huh? Ah, uh, oui, mon général. But I am glad that Citizen Chauvelin is finally making use of what little brain he has. You dare to criticize Citizen Chauvelin? Oh, please, please. I did not mean to be critical. I merely meant that uh, myself and other patriotic soldiers of the Republic have long wished that the hunt for the Pimpernel would be turned over to a truly clever man such as yourself. Well, watch your tongue a bit, Citizen. Do not be too critical. We cannot all be born clever, eh? Ah, true, mon général. A man should not be vain because nature has been kind to him, eh? Ah, but you are also a man of action. I said that to the innkeeper only a few moments ago when I ordered him to prepare your horse. You ordered what? That your horse be prepared at once. I, I said to myself, a man such as the général will not lag with a carriage and an escort. He will know that every second counts when dealing with a pimpernel. So I ordered your horse and a fresh mount for myself, realizing that we could ride at once without waiting for carriage and escort. Did I do wrong, Mon General? No. Uh, of course not. Uh, only sensible thing to do. We leave at once. Come. You are an intelligent man, Korea. I will recommend your promotion to sergeant. Does that make you happy? No, Mon General. So what do you mean? Sergeant is such a poor rank. I am very ambitious. Oh, we must rest the horses. Oh, 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 So, you are ambitious. The rank of sergeant is not good enough for you. Do you think yourself fit to be an officer? Oh, oui, mon général, I do. And not a mere lieutenant, I suppose. A captain, perhaps. Oh, you underestimate my ambition. I hope to rise swiftly. As a matter of fact, in a few moments, I shall be a general like yourself. Are you mad? For such insolence, I could have you shot. You! Don't move, General Valois. Just dismount quietly and you won't be hurt. The... The Pimpernel. Tony! We're here, Blakeney. Come, play valet to the general. 
I'm certain that a man of his rank isn't accustomed to undressing himself. We bound the general and left him under guard. He ranted and raged while I made myself up to look like him, and it gave me the opportunity to study his voice. Within an hour, I could mimic him to perfection. By noontime, the masquerade began. I rode to Paris and presented myself to citizen Chauvelin. General Bois, this is citizen Laval. Ah, yes, the man who detected the pimpernel at Boulogne. Uh-huh. You are to be congratulated, citizen. Merci, mon général. But I will be more congratulated when I share in the reward for that devil and have the pleasure of returning the blows he dealt me. Give no thought to individual revenge, citizen. The death of the pimpernel will be vengeance for all of us. This time there will be no escape. No ridiculous attempt to capture him and bring him to the guillotine. What is your meaning, General? My meaning is that I have a plan to destroy the Pimpernel by direct action uh-huh. at a definite spot. A plan that has hitherto been ignored. I hope your plan matches your superior attitude, General. The Pimpernel is in France, is he not? We know that. And we have his ship in our possession. Yes. He will make an attempt to regain that ship for his return to England. It is well guarded, General. I presumed it was. And that is exactly the type of mistake that has led to his escape on a hundred occasions. Do you suggest that I leave the Boulogne docks unguarded and make him a present of the vessel? A present, yes, but not at Boulogne. Oh, do you know how ridiculous you sound? Am I? Listen. If he tried to take the ship at Boulogne and met resistance, he might be captured. On the other hand, he might escape again in some disguise. Yes, but... Yes. Where he actually allowed to take the vessel huh? and get it into open water, we would know for certain that he was aboard. And? And the ship could be sunk by one of our gunboats. Anything that tried to swim free of it would be an easy target. And even the Pimpernel has no disguise that could keep him alive on the bottom of the sea. Sacre bleu, citizen Chauvelin. The general is right. Merci, citizen Laval. Mm. I must admit it is a perfect plan. But, uh... Why not at Boulogne? Because English warships might be close to our coast there. A faint possibility of aid and escape would be present. So we must move the ship from Boulogne to Deauville, uh-huh. where it will have a large bay to negotiate. A bay full of our warships and covered from all sides by our shore batteries. A bay where no English vessel will be lurking. Mm. Most clever, General. Then let us put the flag in operation at once. Let it be known that the ship will be at Deauville. The Pimpernel and his men will observe it there. The protective harbor will seem to be the reason for a, a laxity in guarding the vessel. Citizen Laval has comrades who can man the vessel while it is moved. Excellent. But to ensure its safety, I will also go along with a squad of hand-picked men of my command. Be ready to leave Bobeloin at 9 p.m., Citizen Laval. Oui. Your written order for the release of the vessel. Good. Also, direct a concentration of warships to Deauville. It will be done. Would you care to dine with me, General? I will be honored, citizen. If first you will accompany me to the war ministry. Whatever duties you have there may wait until after a pimpernel is destroyed. Oui, but I must repair an unfortunate accident. Oh, what sort of an accident? Did I not tell you of the fire in my headquarters room at the inn? No. It was gutted by fire only last night. All my maps were burned. I lost all my figures on troop deployments, our plans for coastal defenses, and our information about the British fortifications. Besides, we must have some new items of value on the British 
They come in every day. Very well. We shall stop by and make up your losses. The information on the British will be handy very shortly, eh, Citizen Chauvelin? You know better than to discuss such a matter, General. You will receive your orders in due time. Meanwhile, the British are friends, eh? Oh, oui, oui, friends. <laughs> <laughs> In my general's uniform, I might have got through the war ministry alone and without question. But with Chauvelin and my company, it was doubly easy. I could barely restrain a smile of triumph as map after map was handed to me. I ate an excellent dinner with Chauvelin as my host. He even promised to give me a decoration for destroying the Pimpernel. And then I picked up Laval and headed for Boulogne. Tony and other members of the League were there in uniform. Laval and a crew of cutthroats manned the ship, and we cast off. Uh, it is well we sail by night, mon général. Why, citizen Laval? Oh, in case there are British warships about. We should not care about the warships, Laval. We should pay more heed to navigation. We are headed in the wrong direction. <laughs> you do not know the sea, mon général. Joville is this way. We, oui, but our destination is this way. <laughs> that way is England. I know. And that's our destination. Sacre bleu. You All right, men, take a look. Tanks, boots, and guns. No shooting. My hit each other. Use your musket butt. I will kill you. You're welcome to try. Fire, men. A signal to shore. Better not. I can see you from the yard arm. The first man who fires a shot dies where he stands. You've given your last order. Level. No. You all right, that there, Kent? Yes. Pooks. At the helm! No! Out! Out there! Put her about! Where's for New Haven? Away from those ropes, you! Fellows, men! Listen to me! Listen to me, will you? You've got one chance to surrender. Now! You're beaten! But any of you who continue to fight will be dropped overboard as soon as you're subdued. That's better. That's better. Now, all of you, drop whatever arms you have and move forward. Sit down on the deck and stay there till we reach New Haven. See if you can bring Laval round, will you, Tony? And ask Kenton Harding to lower the small boat. Oh, you're going to set Laval adrift? Let him go back? Yes, Tony. Oh, but why? Well, to deliver a note of thanks to Citizen Chauvelin. Well, after all, Citizen did buy me a most excellent dinner. Citizen Chauvelin, you yourself were deceived. You had men! Why did they not fight? They did fight. Do you think I made those marks on my face for pleasure? My jaw aches. Stop the talking! And give me the letter. Here. Sacre <laughs> They seek him here, they seek him there. Those Frenchies seek him everywhere. It's a shame that Chauvelin couldn't tell. That his dinner guest was the Pimpernel. <laughs>